Can the Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens repeat as division champs like they did in 2019? Let's break it down. Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast. Over the a weekly podcast about all things football on his first throw. and only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome back to the Pigskin Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Walker. Y'all seem to love last week's episode as we kicked off the division rankings Honestly, I'm having fun with it too. Division predictions can be fun. They get people talking. But it also, you have to look at the other side. With people talking, it also gets them upset. We all think our team is the best team in their respective division, right? I get it. We all get competitive and we devote a large part of our lives to follow a team that we're passionate about. And every season, we all assume that our team is going to make the Super Bowl. And how often than not do we get disappointed because our team either underperformed or were outplayed? This week, we're going to talk about two teams that could very well make their Super Bowl. The other may be a surprise, but nonetheless, these two teams have the roster to win the Lombardi Trophy. But let's get into what you guys are here for. We're going to talk about the AFC and the NFC North. We're going to start out with the NFC. Coming in fourth place, we're going to do just like we did last week, go from 4 3 two, one but coming in last, it's going to be the Detroit Lions. And for the AFC North, we're going to have the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Lions this year, they only have one lone primetime game, and that's week 12 against the Houston Texans. And we all know what it is. It's the Thanksgiving game. And for me personally, I love the fact that the Lions and Cowboys play every Thanksgiving. At the same time, I understand why people get frustrated with it. I understand that they they want something, a little change of pace. But I really enjoy watching both of them play Thanksgiving. I know for me and my brother, it's something that we look forward to every year. We watch them. You know, I'm not biased because I don't have a dog in either of the fights. But I love being able to sit down and know that the Cowboys and Lions are going to play on Thanksgiving. You know, I remember when I was younger, shout out to the show Home Improvement, one of my favorite shows of all time. But I remember the episode where, you know, Tim Taylor, he actually goes to the, the Lions game on Turkey Day. And that's one of my favorite episodes. And that's just something, like, I really enjoy doing. It's, I love tradition. I don't like messing with tradition. I enjoy it. I hope they continue to keep it that way. And it is nice that they have added a third game. So you have two other teams that normally wouldn't be there every year. They try to get that mix in. Let's go ahead and talk about the Lions record. I think they're going to go 7-9. I think they're going to go 5-3 and three at home and 2-6 and six on the road. I think their biggest win is going to come week four against the Saints. You know, the game is in Detroit, and I think that's going to be the Saints' trap game. It seems like every team every year has that one trap game, and for me, it's the Saints and the Lions. You know, for the Bengals, on the other hand, surprisingly, they have two games primetime this season, one being a Thursday night against the Browns, the other one being a Monday night football against the Steelers. I say surprisingly because the NFL never gives, you know, underperforming, a.k.a. crappy teams more than their required one game a year, which is Thursday night football. But I think they knew that the Bengals were going to draft Joe Burrow and they wanted to give him a little more exposure because I think Joe Burrow is going to do really well this year, but I don't think the Bengals will. Meaning their record is going to be 2-14. and 14. Home and away, they're going to be 1-7. and seven. 
Now, their biggest win, because they've only won, they're only going to win two games, it's really hard to pick as far as their biggest win. But I think it's going to come week one against the Chargers. How often do you see quarterbacks win their first game? It's very rare nowadays. And because their first game will feature another quarterback with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, I'm going to go with the home team, and that being Cincy. You know, yesterday, Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay were both activated from the reserve slash COVID list, according to the Lions' Twitter. I really hope that we get to see these two individuals lighted up this season. Stafford still has the ability to be a top-10 quarterback, and Galladay is the seventh-best wide receiver in the NFL. Shameless plug here, but, you know, we talked about on episodes three and five to know your quarterback and wide receiver rankings, so you'll see where Stafford and Galladay match up at their respective positions. You know, the Lions, they made some good offseason moves. But they acquired older players like Desmond Trufant and Jamie Collins along with others. But I think their veteran leadership is going to improve that 31st-ranked defense that was last year. Matt Patricia is going to need to get it together. Their defense was an abysmal. I like Again, I like the little additions that they made on the defensive side. And I think, honestly, the only thing you can do being ranked 31st in the league in something is go up. Now, Joe Mixon for the Bengals is entering his fourth season. And reports have recently said that he wants at least $8 million a season. And I think he's going to do everything in his power this season to show why he's worth it. Joe Burrow is going to be a future Pro Bowl quarterback. But it's not going to be this season. The reality is the Bengals are too bad to make me think that they're going to do anything but lose. They're not going to make playoffs. They're not going to have this magical run. It's just not going to happen. I don't think the Bengals are this good like when Dak Prescott was with the Cowboys his rookie year. Their defense gave up the fourth most yards per game last season, meaning the Bengals' offense won't see the field much. Coming in third place, we're going to go with the Bears and the Steelers. The Bears have four primetime games this season, two of them being on Monday Night Football. But their overall record, we're going to go with 8-8, eight and eight, being a 500 record. They're going to be 5-3 and three at home and 3-5 and five on the road. Their biggest win is going to be Week 10 against the Vikings. It'll be a home game in Chicago, and we all know Kirk Cousins isn't the best when it comes to primetime games. Another factor is the average temperature in Chicago in mid-November is about 40 degrees. Because you're going to have that wind whipping around right off that lake right there. And I think that the Bears' defense is going to outshine Kirk Cousins. The Steelers, just like the Bears, they have four primetime games. Their first being Monday Night Football against the Giants. That'll come week one. But I as well think that they're going to be a 500 team. Go 8-8, eight and eight, same 5-3 and three on the road and 3-5 and five away. Their biggest win is going to come week seven. And it's going to be at Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to go into MNT Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland and beat the 2019 reigning uh, AFC North champs. The main reason I'm picking the Steelers to win this game is because, one, it's a rivalry game. So whether a team is home and away is, honestly, it's irrelevant. And the Ravens, they're going to start this season 6-0, and and they're going to play against the Steelers. And I think the Steelers are going to come in and turn some heads, and I think they're going to upset them in Baltimore. Most people would be surprised seeing the Bears finish ahead of the Lions. Nick Foles is going to come, and he's going to make them competitive. Now, 8-8, eight eight, you could call that competitive, but I think in the NFL it is. I mean, you have teams year in, year out, 
that are winning five or less games. Chicago's defense is too good to allow the Bears to go below 500. And here's something interesting about the Steelers. They haven't been third or worse in their division since 2012, which were that season eight and eight. I think Big Ben and James Conner, when they're healthy, like they will be in 2020, it's going to improve them offensively. Their defense was the fifth best in 2019. And with the addition of Eric Ebron, I think that was a good acquisition for them offensively. But ultimately, they won't be effective enough to beat out the Browns and the Ravens. With the runner-ups, we're going to go with the Vikings and the Browns. You know, the Vikings in 2020, they'll have three primetime games, which I'm sure Kirk Cousins is already shaking in his boots about. But their overall record, they're going to be 9-7. and seven. They'll be 8-0 at home and 1-7 and seven on the road. And their biggest win is going to be the first game of the season against the Packers. It'll be at home in Minnesota. And if this game was further in the season, honestly, I don't think they would win. That's why I'm not thinking they're going to win when they go to Green Bay. And I think with it being week one in Minnesota, it gives them the advantage, and I think they will pull out the win. And the Browns, they have two primetime games. Really think that they're going to go 10-6. and six. You know, how often have we seen the 10-6 and six around the Browns within the past couple years? But they'll be 7-1 and one at home and 3-5 and five on the road. Their biggest one will come week 11 against the Eagles. It's, they're playing in Cleveland. I think most people would probably pick the Browns here anyway. But the Browns' schedule is, honestly, it's overly boring. So really don't, don't really have a glaring team that they're going to beat. But, I mean, the Eagles are still a good team. They won – they went to the playoffs last year. They had a ton of injuries. So I think the Eagles are going to be really good this year. I think they're going to fly under the radar, no pun intended. But I think they'll be good. You know, the Vikings, they have a favorable home schedule, which is why they're going to go undefeated, being 8-0. But outside of their division, the toughest opponent that they have to play at home is the Titans. And honestly, you could even put the Cowboys there too. But I'm curious. Will trading away Stefan Diggs have a big impact for them offensively? You know, drafting Justin Jefferson from LSU, that should fill the absence. You got someone who's just as fast, if not faster, someone who's on a rookie contract, and someone, and this is not a knock to Diggs because I think he is good, but doesn't have the ego that Diggs had. So you partner him with Adam Thielen. I think they're going to be really good offensively. I don't think they're going to really miss much of a beat and I know that's a lot because Stefan Diggs, you know, he's a thousand yard receiver. But Justin Jefferson has the ability to be one too. Now stop me if you've heard this before. It's finally time for the Browns to perform like everyone think they should, right? The last time the Browns finished second or better within their division was 2007. They haven't had a positive point differential since 2007. Basically, the Browns haven't been relevant since then. You know, 2020, I think they're going to change. I think they're going to have a winning record. And again, it'll be their first winning record since 2007. But honestly, to no one's surprise, the AFC and MC North champs are going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Green Bay Packers. You know, the Packers last season, they finished 13-3. and with Matt LaFleur being his first year as head coach. And the Ravens last year, they finished 14-2. and two. And there is nothing that both teams have done this offseason to make them worse. 
Could they have made better trades or drafts to improve? Absolutely. The fact that the Packers drafted a, a quarterback in the first round, I think was shocking to everyone, including Aaron Rodgers. Because I know Aaron Rodgers, he said in an interview that he loved Justin Jefferson. And I think that would have been a solid pick if they were able to get him. But they didn't. I don't think they regressed. Now, Geronimo Allison's not in Green Bay anymore, so that's a wide receiver that they've lost. But I don't think they've gotten much worse. The Packers, they're going to have five primetime games. Making the NFL super happy, I know that. Get to see their love child to be on TV exposure even more. But they're going to go 13-3 and like they did last year. They'll be undefeated at home being 8-0 and 5-3 and on the road. Now, their biggest win, we all know that Green Bay in most of their games, if not all of them, they're going to be the favorite. But I think the one game where they may not be the favorite is going to be week since against the Bucks in Tampa. You have a battle of two Hall of Famers going at it. And honestly, I'm going to go with Green Bay on this one. I think Aaron Rodgers, when it comes time to big games, and I, and I know Tom Brady's the greatest of all time with winning clutch games. I get that. But for me, like I said, with the Saints, there's going to be a trap game. And I think Bucks right here. I think they can lose this game at home against the Packers. What I'm curious about about this game, though, is why is this not a primetime game? What did the NFL do to overlook this game and not make it primetime? Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers, who's not going to watch it? I don't care if you support the team or not. People are going to watch it. But the Ravens, they have five primetime games as well. And I think they're going to do better than they did last year. I think they're going to be 15-1. They'll be 7-1 and one on, at home, 8-0 on the road. And like I said, when we talked about the Steelers, I think the Steelers are going to go to Baltimore and win that game, so that's why they'll be 7-1 at home. But their biggest win will probably against the Chiefs. You know, we have the pleasure of seeing the Chiefs and Ravens play another season like they did last year. But why isn't this game week one? Why is the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Houston Texans week one? The NFL screwed this one up big time. You had the opportunity to start this season off, especially coming off of 2020 being a anything but good year for most people. But I think Baltimore is going to take this win. The reason being is because it won't be cold in Kansas City yet by the time they play. And Lamar Jackson is more of a problem for the Chiefs' defense than Patrick Mahomes is for the Ravens' defense. I think the Ravens' defense is so much better than the Chiefs'. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to get his. He's going to eat. But Lamar Jackson is going to torch that defense up. The Packers and the Ravens are arguably the top five best teams in the NFL. When you have Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson leading your team, good things are bound to happen, of course. But they have the talent to go far. But like I said in the beginning, they have a good enough team to take their team to the Super Bowl. The Ravens underperformed in 2019. I think anybody can understand that. They lost to the Tennessee Titans, who were on fire at the time. And people on the Ravens said, yeah, they, they kind of uh, counted them out. They, they had an expectation that it was kind of be an easy win, and Derrick Haney ran all over them, and he made Earl Thomas his lead blocker. And the Packers, they lost to the Niners in the NFC Championship game, and the Niners ran all over them. So if they can get down their running defense, I personally would not be surprised if both teams make the Super Bowl in 2020. 
And there was two players that I thought that would help both teams out win their division again and possibly make a Super Bowl run. The first one being Devin Funches for the Green Bay Packers and Clays Campbell of the Baltimore Ravens. The problem is, though, Devin Funches, he did say that he's opting out for 2020. They already have an anemic wide receiver group, and losing Funches was a, honestly, it's a big loss, I think more than people realize. And for the Ravens, adding Calais just makes them even stronger. Calais seems to get better with age, and it upgrades the defensive line instantly. But I want to know what your guys' predictions for 2020 for the AFC and NFC North. And that's another episode for us. We appreciate your time. Thank you, everyone, who continues to listen and support the podcast. Share and subscribe. We want this pod to grow and talk about the things that entertain you guys the most. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin to share your thoughts and your opinions. Have a wonderful weekend. See you next Thursday. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.